Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to the Paddler's Playbook, a kayak fishing experience. Brought to you by Mariner Sales, providing the largest selection of kayaks and kayak accessories since 1975. Real sportswear, get out on the water and wear what the guides wear. Galveston Redfish Series, the largest, most affordable redfish series on the Gulf Coast. Sign up today. Pure Fishing, home to the world's most trusted fishing brands. Now it's time to sit back, relax, and enjoy the paddle with your host, Drew Turner. What is up, ladies and gentlemen of podcast land? We are live, live tonight from the Mariner Sales Studio. We got a guest over here beside me, but you guys got to ignore him for now because we got to do things the Paddler's Playbook way. Keep keep things like, nope, you just got turned down. We got to keep things like they're supposed to be on these episodes. Consistency is the key to podcasting. Consistency, consistency, consistency. And if you guys haven't noticed, I'm bringing you this show once a week now. Now, we'll see. I'm, I'm going to try to make sure that happens going forward. I'm going to try to be consistent with it. But once tournament season really, really kicks off, I hope to have a bunch of shows in the bag. I actually had uh, three or four shows waiting, but I reset and updated my mixer, and it took one of my presets off, and there is a very horrible echo for the last three episodes that I recorded. So I get to re-record those. And I didn't get to do any fishing this weekend. I actually uh, did a bunch of yard work. So that was great. Cut down some trees. Uh, didn't get to catch any fish. Looked at people catching fish on Facebook. Um, Jeff is talking right now. Old Town, all day, autopilot's a game changer. We are going to talk about that today. We're going to talk about the differences in the way we fished whenever we had motors compared to the way we fished before pedal power, paddle power, things like that. But guys, I don't, I don't have a lot to talk about in this intro because I didn't really do nothing. Went to work, did some yard work. Like I said, cut down some trees, got some flower beds ready. I'm trying to keep the wife happy um, with the yard work because I know I'm going to neglect it during tournament season once that kicks off. We're doing a trip to Florida, which we are going to talk about later in the show. We're fishing GRS this year. We may do some uh, trips to Louisiana, which I'm sure we will talk about a little later. But speaking of Jess and, and the wifey, Jess, what is going on with all of our partners? Hey, bro staff, the weather's heating up out there, and it's time to get out and slay the day. New season means taking stock of your gear and tackle and seeing what needs to be upgraded or added to your setup to match the fisherman you are now. Mariner Sales wants to help you with that goal, and they want to make it easy with their featured product selection, a hand-picked collection of bestsellers compiled by anglers for anglers with some of their must-haves. Know what you need already? Then jump online or stop by the store and let their knowledgeable staff get you where you need to be. No matter the gear, Mariner Sales has got you covered. Maybe it's not the kayak that you're looking to outfit. Maybe it's the actual fishing gear you're looking to update. Whether it's something as simple as re-spooling all those reels or something drastic as changing your whole setup to target something new, 
you can believe that Pure Fishing has got the brands and the goods to get you ready. Saltwater to Freshwater, Abu Garcia to Penn, and all the best brands in between. Log into purefishing.com today and shake up your tackle. Why should your gear outshine the actual fishermen behind it? Real Sportswear says it shouldn't. They want you to be front and center out there on the water or hanging out at the launch, and they have the goods to make it happen. Check out their new 2023 Spring Collection. I'm personally loving the Pro Plus designs like the new Spindrift, Roho, and Species. Finally, a fishing shirt that's lightweight, breathable, protective, and has storage. That's the kind of change I can get behind. And if you think you can get behind it too, then log on to Real Sportswear today. That's it for me, bro staff. I hope to see you out there looking fresh and geared up. I'm Salt Side Jess, and I'll see you on the Salt Side. And speaking of the Salt Side, you know, Galveston Redfish Series sponsoring the show this year. Their tournament schedule is out. The hourly tournament is coming up March 11th. It's at Harbor Walk, guys. For every hour, they are paying out five places. So that's five redfish and five people getting some cash. And if you listened to the last episode, I gave you a little tip about uh, how to kind of look at those hourly tournaments. So go back and listen to that episode. But also, you know, the very first team event for kayaks is going to be April 15th. That's at Harbor Walk. Event two is May 6th. Event three is June 10th. And event four is July 8th. So guys, if you haven't checked out Galveston Redfish Series, go check that out. Go get signed up either for the hourly tournament or get you a partner for Event one, two, three, and four. My tournament partner is sitting here beside me. You can see him right there. We're both the ball-headed, bearded. That's what we should name our team, the ball-headed, bearded dudes. But, guys, this is my brother, Chris. I know you guys have, have heard about him on the show a lot, but this is his – is this your first time coming on the show? Second. Second time on, Second. The, sh- on the show. First time live from – the Mariner Cell Studios, and we're going to talk a little bit about motors today. And I think we were live last time. Were we? Yeah, I think so. Oh, I don't remember. I, I can't remember yesterday, like much less anything else. I had a patient today at work, and I scheduled some caregiver training with them, and I could not remember who the patient was, so I, be, I was waiting all day for the family member just to come downstairs and say, hey, I've been waiting on my training today. <laughs> they finally came about 2.30, and I did my training. But – Anyway, anyway, oh yeah, Austin says the fishing show is coming up. We will be out at the fishing show. I know Chris will be out there showing off some old towns with FTU. Thursday and Friday. Thursday and Friday. Go see, uh, say hello to half of Team Turner Rodco. Um, He'll be out there. I think I'm going to go out there Saturday, and you guys can just find me floating around. You'll be able to find me. But today... I'll talk about motorizing your kayak. Does it change your tactics? Does it change the way you look at water? But before we get to that, I said we got to keep things consistent. So, Chris, I got to ask you, what was your very first kayak? What got you into kayak fishing? And what is your most memorable fishing memory? All right. Um <clears throat> 
My first boat, you obviously know the... Uh, know I know the, the answers to all these. You know well, the answer, most of these questions, of these but questions, let's see. But uh, the, the, first, <clears throat> the first boat that I count would be the uh, Perception uh, Pescador 12, I think it was. Uh, you talked dad into uh, buying it was a kayak. Cheap. It was very cheap. Uh, you, you had him doing the... Uh, what was the commercial y'all did? Y'all did a commercial together and all sorts of stuff. Oh, that was that was for the now defunct iKayakFish.com. Yeah, yeah. Where Wesley, there's a video of Wesley like, iKayakFish.com. And he's like five years old and he fell in the water in February, crappie fishing. I'll, right. I'll post it up on the Redfish Network later. But yeah, no. Um, so you had that all all convinced and 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 bought into the whole kayak thing, and he bought the uh, the perception from uh, Academy, and uh, I think he he may have taken it out once or twice, and then maybe maybe six months or so went by, and uh, I inevitably inherited it because he wasn't using it. Uh. <laughs> well, <laughs> he wasn't using it because we went. It was early spring, and we launched at the um, at the the kayak launch right there in Matagorda. What's the main kayak launch there? It's just the kayak launch. Is yeah, I know it with the little ramp. You know what I'm talking yeah, about? Yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. So we launched there, and we're going out into the bay, and he just kind of got sideways on a sandbar, <laughs> and he came out of the boat. And he was soaking wet, and it was a little bit cold, and he just sat there on an island for a while, and I think that ruined him. Yeah. I, I ruined him. But we, back then, we had there was two kayaks that we had. We had the Ocean Scrambler that I was in, and he had the Pescador. Right. So, I mean, it wasn't like we were in extremely, extremely stable kayaks. <laughs> And he went blah, so he got rid of that yeah, one. Yeah, that that wasn't the most uh, stable boat in the world. But it's it's not a bad little, you know, it wasn't a bad little boat. I did more duck hunting out of that thing than I did fishing, though. I I, I did a couple little trips on, on Conroe, messing around, doing a little catfishing in it. But I, majority, it was just a, a duck hunting mobile. I, I tied a jet sled to the back of that thing, and I paddled up there by a stubble field and set up a little blind every every duck season and used it there. Uh, seldom, seldom fished out of it. I, th- I, I entered a LSKS uh, one time and overslept and all sorts of stuff uh, back in, I don't know, like 08, maybe mm. 09, something like that. Um, but, yeah, that, that was the, the first kayak. Now, the first kayak I ever uh, put any effort into getting, um, I actually traded a rifle for it. Uh, I procured a, a rifle. Uh, off a trade for a trailer plus some cash that I have because you that's know, how you got all of your I'm, stuff. I'm always I'm always hustling, bartering, always hustling something, man. I've always been a, a businessman, you know what I mean. Uh, but uh, yeah, no, I traded a rifle for an uh, an outlaw, um, and that was my first boat that I would say when I really got into to, to kayak fishing. Um, I got into it really after, uh, I mean, you, you talked about it for, for years and years and years. And, um, after y'all, uh, y'all started the show and I started listening to the show, uh, I kind of, you know, wanted to support the old brother and, uh, you know, come out to the events and stuff. And, you know, I got hooked from there. You wanted to get out of the house. I mean, yeah, yeah. (laughs) When you, when you have three young kids and you kind of, 
give up all that stuff there for for a little while you know i didn't hunt or fish or, or do anything there for a little bit so uh you know i, I kind of found it and fell into it and you know me when i dive into something i, I dive deep yeah but you were building a business too back then yeah, so that too. you built your business you made it successful enough now where you can actually take some time away to go fishing and do these type of things. Yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm lucky enough that, you know, I'm at a place in, in my business where I've, I've partnered with some good people and my wife. And, you know, I'm, I'm at a spot where I've got guys that can take care of things while I'm away and, you know, get a little time on the water. Well, there you go. Well, how about your most memorable fishing memory? Like, is there anything that sticks out the most? I know you've had, like, some crazy experiences on the Colorado River with some crazy-ass people down there from Matagorda. <laughs> like, I'm looking, yeah. looking at you, Suggs. So. If, you're looking, if you're listening, Suggs, I'm talking about you, bud. Oh, man. Some people that don't wear shoes. Me and Suggs so. and, and, and Hunt, man, we had, we had some times back in the day. Snagging I mean, redfish at the dam or some crazy stuff like that. Right. Of course, you know, the first thing that comes to mind is, you know, sitting down at the locks with Dad and, you know, catching catching hardheads and, and whiting and, you know, just kind croaker of hang, after croaker out. after croaker. But, yeah, the... I would say the most memorable memories, since that's the, the, the way that you put it. Memorable fishing memories. The most memorable ones are, you know, the high school days, man. Just just running up and down the Colorado River, running up and down Peyton Creek. Uh, Peyton Creek, really, more than anything. Uh, my good buddy, Hunt Bullard, uh, his, his parents had a, a little camp down there. And we spent a lot of time down at that camp house. They had a little... Uh, I think it was like a 16, maybe an 18-foot little John boat, a uh, little 25-horse motor on it, man. And we ran that thing to death all summer long, uh, spring break. You know, whenever we could get out there, we'd we'd go to the old pet store and, and pick up some goldfish and uh, run, run some trout lines, man. <laughs> Doing don't use goldfish <laughs> no, for don't, bait. Don't do that. Look, go back to like <laughs> our third ever episode in the archives, and you yeah, can listen. I, I think don't the, use goldfish. That was my high school days, man. I think the statute of limitations is up on that. We we can talk. You about can it. talk about it now that it's twenty years ago. <laughs> yeah, yeah, but yeah, man, just just running up and down the uh, Peyton Creek there, down Matagorda County. You know, just running the waters. You know, uh, even even making trips down to the dam. I mean, there's there's so much that we used to do when we were kids that I mean. I can't just pick one, man. Just running, running with my buddies, and and running up and down the rivers and the the lakes, and uh, back in Three Mile, and you know, everywhere. What about last tournament season? Which tournament season sticks out the most? Since me and you fished all season together, we had a good year too. We had a lot of top ten finishes. We had like three or yeah. four top fives. That last tournament of the year, we got knocked out of the money with like. Five three seconds, seconds left, left. Oh, that kind of sucked yeah but what i mean did this did the suckage stick out more than anything else what stuck out the most as far as for the the season itself or yeah just last a, year a, period. A tournament in particular last year period like did you have a moment that stuck because i think last year you can say and i think i can say too like i fished more last year than I have oh, yeah. any other year of my life. 100%. Like I, we fished, we fished hard last yeah. year, pre-fishing, tournament fishing, For and sure. we probably could have fished harder than that if we didn't want to have upset oh, wives yeah. in the house. <laughs> relationship with <laughs> <Yeah>. my wife. <laughs> if, we, if we wanted to have relationships yes. still, then 
Yeah. It was a little iffy middle of the summer. Yeah. <laughs> it was yeah. like, nah, we ain't even gonna pre-fish. Yep. <laughs> we yep. we need to take we need to go some crawfish for the ladies. Yeah, for sure. No, but to, I mean to answer the question, I think that uh the the saltwater survival series is the one that we won uh that miserable last day and we pulled off some freaking tanks of fish that day. Uh we we I went into it semi-optimistic, and you were super optimistic. I was I think, really up. And your day went to hell in a handbag quick. But we I won. Freaking, I killed it. I I absolutely murdered it that day. Um, but, yeah, that, that that was a tough day. I mean, that was a super tough day. Uh, you know, we, we're talking in the show about going, going to motors. That was a day when I wish I would have had a motor because my legs were – dead yeah you were toast coming back and honestly that's that's really most of the reason i was in the areas that i caught the fish because you won that freaking tournament because you didn't want to get out in the wind it was just the the sweet spots you know i'd get behind something and i'd just hang out there for 30 minutes and just beat the hell out of it you know what i mean just (laughs) keep fishing that same spot now you were talking about I was very optimistic going into it. You were not as optimistic. Yeah. I, I wish I wish I could air the episode, but me and Dustin Nichols from Jackson, we're going to have to reschedule. We're going to talk about it again. But me and him talked about, you know, the mental side of tournament fishing and how yeah. sometimes you win a tournament before you even get on the water. And some of it is being prepared, having all your stuff together. That way you feel good getting into the water, you know, getting all your stuff right there where you need it. It takes you 10 minutes to unload, get ready, right. get out there, start paddling, and you you really, really feel good about it. I think for us, halfway through the season is when we really hit our stride with that, is we had it down. We weren't jacking with a live well. Like, we knew the live well was going to work. We knew how we were going to feel the live well. We weren't. We didn't forget something, have to tie a rope to a cooler to throw it in there to get water. Right. Like, we knew what we were doing. And I think that's why I was so optimistic during that tournament because I knew we were fishing an area that we could be protected from some of the wind, and I knew that we were prepared, and I knew that together we were going to embrace the suck of that day, and we were going to – Fish and fish and fish and fish. Yeah. And and guys, he's talking about like my day turned to crap. My day turned to crap because I got straightened out twice. <laughs> so it wasn't like I just wasn't catching anything right. or I couldn't find no fish. Right. I got my damn hook straightened twice after I should have listened to Ben whenever he told me don't use those those certain type of Z-Man hooks that I was using. Then I switched to the Berkeley Fusion. I didn't have I, – I ain't had no issues. I didn't have that same experience, though, with those hooks. I, but we both switched already because yes. because, yes. because it happened to me. Well, yeah. I mean, True. it just – it sucked. All right, so that was what stuck out to you the most. I think that's what stuck out to me the most, too, is is yeah. just we embraced, I, we embraced the suck. I say I wasn't optimistic. I was optimistic. I was just dreading the suck. That that was the You gotta the, embrace it though, man. man. You embrace it. Just know today's gonna suck. Dude, when you look at that thing and it says thirty and you 
you start driving down the road and you can feel that the, the wind pushing sway in the truck. It's like, man, dude, this is going to be tough. And it's tougher, too, when your partner is in a powered boat. So you're just the whole time trying to catch up, you know. I mean, and you pushed me. You did push me and pushed me into some spots where, you know, I I, I was in I the said, right spots on, to catch let's fish. Go, let's but, go. Man, I, I was just dreading that suck, man. I was dreading that suck. So is that tournament one of the reasons that pushed you towards the autopilot? Because now, you know, last year you were in the PA Mm-hmm. For all of the tournaments, you're in the PA. No, I don't think it was or, all of them. Or was it the Compass too? I, I was in the Compass for like the first two, and then the PA. And then the PA. So you were in in the pedal drives, and then you got on with the Old Town team with FTU this year. Which yeah. congratulations, congratulations! Way Appreciate to go! It. Way Appreciate to go! Way it. to go! So you decided to choose the. Uh, autopilot 120. 120. So you decided to go with the motor. Yeah. Yeah. Is that tournament why you decided to go with the motor? No, no. I mean, some of it, I think, was Gauss and Redfish Series was going to allow motors this year, but then that didn't happen. So. Yeah, that. And <laughs> so now we got to go to plan B. Man, look, I've always been like a tinkerer. So even in the beginning when – you know, like I say, I, I wasn't super into fishing, but I used to read the TKF forums and stuff, and it was, like, so cliche. You know, you had to be handicapped or something to have a motor, but I was always, you know, like, man, it'd be cool to throw a trolling motor on the back of this thing. So, I mean, the first chance I got, you know, why not, you know? Especially, you know, getting on with a with a retailer, um, why not go ahead and get the top-of-the-line boat? You know, if you're, if you're getting on with a retailer, get get the top-of-the-line. Why not? Get 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 the big daddy. Exactly. Okay. So Max wants to know oh, who shit. had the live well, Drew with the motor or Chris? I no, Drew had the. Drew I had, had the live well day. for that one. Yeah. So if if it's a if it's a tournament that allows motor, the autopilot one thirty six has such a large tank well that yeah. I do not mind taking it at all. Yeah. Now the PDL, the big water PDL has a significantly smaller tank well and it's it's harder to take on that. So Chris has the live well, he had the live well during the GRS last year because we were not able to use motors. Now this year, I think we're both going to be fishing out of the big water for GRS. Yep. So we're going to play rock paper scissors to see who gets to carry the live well around this year. I don't mind carrying it, man. It doesn't. It doesn't bother me. I've I've adapted to minimizing my tackle anyway because I was in the compass, so it, it it really doesn't bother me. I don't think either one of us take a whole lot of stuff. Like no, I just like to have my black pack because I usually keep the stuff for both of us in the black pack. The bug spray, yeah, the sunscreen, extra jig heads, the extra pack of gulps, and things like that. Yeah, but I, since, since since Max brought this up about the live well, all right. Now we want your story oh, of the shit. of the live well. Here we go. So I know 
Paul for Bass and Brews already was <laughs> was talking about this on the Redfish Network. So, I'm what, sh- I'm what, sure what was your story? Sh- oh, what I'll was going through your mind whenever you put that fish in the live well like six times? Oh, man, I don't know, dude. I mean, hindsight's twenty twenty, right? I mean, you know, look, looking back, it it was stupid, uh, and after. The weigh-in, everything else. Obviously, if if I would have just let it die, we we still would have won that tournament, if not been in second place for sure. Um, but man, I wanted to keep that damn thing alive. We would have had some more stuff to put up there, <laughs> like one more. I was thinking about the points, man. I wanted the daggum points, and I I just got caught up in keeping the thing alive and getting the. I, is that one the was it a is it a bonus or is, or is it a penalty? It's a penalty. It's a penalty. It's a penalty. So half pound penalty. So I, I was concerned about the, the the penalty is what was going through my head, and you know the the infamous story. Uh, I guess I'll go ahead and and tell it. So I have the fish right. I put the fish in the live well once right, and the fish goes belly up as soon as I put him in the live well, and he went belly up. Because I took forever getting them in. So, at that point, I was already concerned for the health of the fish, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> yep, keep going. Health of the fish. The health of the fish, all right? I'm a, 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 a conservationist here, all right? Uh, I, I need to renew my CCA. But anyway, so I'm concerned for the health of this fish. I want to keep it alive. Uh, so, I put the fish grips on it. And I put him in the water. And he kicks once or twice, so I put him back in. Keep fishing, you know, 15 minutes, and I turn around, and I don't hear anything coming from the live well. And usually when I have fish in the live well, uh, you know, I heard them thrash around and, you know, make a bunch of noise back there. And uh, I didn't hear him making any noise, so I go back there, and I look again, and, you know, there he is, belly up again. So I flip him back over, put the fish grips on him. Um, And by the way, by the end of the story, I I will – Never have a sponsorship from Fish Grip. <laughs> yeah, Fish like, Grip is not going to want to sponsor uh-uh. us. Although, I, although I still use my Fish Grips, I'll use them in conjunction with my bogas. Now, I'll put both of them in them just to make sure. But anyway, so in my mind, so I've done this maneuver a hundred times. Right, I've been out on schools. I'll get on a school. I'll pop a fish, throw them on the boga, throw them or throw him on the fish grips connected to a bungee cord that's connected to the kayak, just throw him over real quick and cast back in, right? I've done it before. So in my head, I'm like, this fish will be fine. I'm going to put him back in the water on the little bungee cord, and I'm going to swirl him around a little bit. And sure enough, you know, as, as the story ends, as everybody knows, the fish kicked, and when he kicked, that tail swung around like a freaking alligator, and hit that now, fish now, grip. Now it's an alligator redfish. <laughs> okay. But, I'm but just, saying, just a second ago, it's like, a dead redfish. Look. We're worried about conservation. It was a and very, now, it was now a very it's a, alligator it's an alligator move. redfish. It was an alligator redfish. He did move. the death roll. He did. He did. He rolled. He flipped his tail. The tail came up, hit right at the right angle, and f- flipped that fish grip open, and he was gone i don't think he hit it because that you know you know redfish are really dumb i don't think he's smart (laughs) enough to know all right i'm gonna tail slap although 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 our last fishing trip i did have fish tail slapping my bait 
So I guess I got to kind of give you a little bit of the benefit of the doubt. He may have came around and oh, slapped no. him. There's no doubt in my mind. It it was not on purpose. But <laughs> but <laughs> through that whole that story, what he failed to mention was this whole time, I'm yelling at him to quit messing with the dang fish and leave it in the live well. Well, I The learned, whole time. I learned my lesson. The whole friggin' time. I learned my lesson. The, the, the motto from here on out is, I mean, if he dies, he dies. It'll be redfish on a half shell for dinner, brother. There you go. All he's got to do is barely be breathing. We can resuscitate him later whenever right. you don't have them. Like, I think you got those fish grips whenever Dad got that pescador, too, because those things were all old and gnawed. And- no, man, those things weren't that old. They weren't that old. I bought them. I bought them when I bought the. Uh, they didn't look new, that's for sure. I bought them when they had the outlaw. I, we, bu- I bought them from ACK. As a matter of fact, we got some. Well, they were shut down a while back. Which yeah. ACK did you buy them from? Uh, the Spring Store. Okay. Wow. I can't remember what when they closed. I guess that was twenty 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 one. Yeah, I mean they were they were old, but they weren't. I mean, they worked on them them. Sp- them schoolies just fine. Yeah, they didn't work on them eight pounders <laughs> nope. though. Nope. God dang. Sure enough. All right, so that tournament you did fish, you know, from the pedal drive. Now that you've been in a motorized kayak for a while, do you think it has changed the way that you fish? Because I know whenever I'm in the autopilot compared to when I'm in the PDL, I fish a little bit differently. But we'll we'll talk about me in a minute. I think it has, however, I think from watching however. from watching the way that it changed you, I don't have some of the I'm I'm trying to stop myself from some of the things that I think are bad habits that you do. Okay, so just just so you guys know, me and him fish a lot differently. Yeah. I I like to sight cast. I like to be able to see the fish that I'm throwing at, but on tournament days, that's not always the best way to do it. So I have to kind of settle myself in uh, on tournament days where Chris likes to find a shoreline or a drain, beat the hell out of it, and then find another shoreline or drain and beat the hell of it. Where I'm standing up, I mean, he's looking for bait busting and looking for fish and things like that. But I'm like standing up, going down like a whole shoreline, and I may not cast very much at all going down that shoreline. Yeah. Where he's casting, 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 cast. He he's blind casting more than more than I do. But go ahead. So just just so you guys know how we normally fish an area. He'll just hammer a shoreline. I'll go to the other shoreline and see if I can see fish. Yeah. I I think it's definitely made me a little bit more adventurous since I have a little bit more energy once I get to where I'm going. You know what I mean? I'm not spending so much energy going through the the channels and whatnot, you know, getting getting to the areas that we want to actually target the fish in. Um, It's definitely changed, you know, it – I don't know. Like I say, the the I have to tell myself after watching you to like sit your ass down 
this isn't a polling skill. I've, I've like, noticed. I've noticed that you're standing a lot more yeah. in your autopilot, even compared to your PA, which is just yeah. as stable as the autopilot. You're standing up a lot more now. Yeah, I, I stood up a lot in the in the PA, um, and I stood up a little bit in the compass too. I mean, obviously not as much as I as I do now because the compass is not the the most stable of, of all the hobies, and I'm not the most aerodynamic shaped person in the world uh so you fall into the water faster right 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 but like i say it's just made me a little bit more adventurous you know what i mean like i've got a little bit more you know giddy up that i want to go back into that shallow stuff you know where i have to pull the drive and i'll, I'll get back in there and, and kind of explore that stuff a little bit more uh but like i say i i, I find myself in my head trying to say like i say I think you have it in your head sometimes, and it drives me nuts. You just stand up, and you just you'll just pull and pull and pull and pull, and then and then you'll hit me on the radio, and you'll be like, "Man, I'm I'm blowing fish out everywhere," and I'm just sitting there thinking in my head, like, "Well, sit your ass down and fish, dude. Like, sit down and fish, you know." Like, I want to see him though. Right, but when you're standing up, like I feel like in your head. You kind of think you're at a good angle, right? But you're not really on a pulling skiff. You're not, you know, your feet aren't four or five foot off the ground, and you're not way you're not way up there and really have a good angle in the areas that we fish. We don't have the water clarity, you know, where you really have a super good angle from a kayak. Now you go, you know, a little bit further down the coast, down into the Rockport Corpus Christi area. I feel like you have a better. Uh, vantage point from from the kayak than you do sitting down, obviously. But in the areas that we fish, a lot of times I just don't think that it's necessary to stand up as much uh, as you do and just sit down and fish sometimes. But that's because you can't see. I can see. <laughs> you can't. You can't see as well. That's what it is. You can't see the fish as well. You can't see the fish as well. He thinks but, that I can't see for some reason. I don't so understand it. There's one area that we fish that I always like to go check out the area because there's a whole bunch of grass in the back of this lake where I can see the fish. Like I can stand up and see them. No grass in that thing no more. But I do. I do stand up too much sometimes on tournament day where I should be beating the bank like I, I mean i should be beating that same shoreline that i'm standing up and sight casting to yeah. which towards the end of the season i quit standing up as much and just started to fit i would stand up i would see a fish or two and i would blow them out so then i would fall back and i would fish that shoreline going forward because we we found fish right and that that's a lot of how me and you fish now for tournaments is we have a few places that we know that there's probably going to be fish at first thing in the morning. We go to those places, we look for signs of fish, and then we go beat down some shorelines. If we're blowing fish out, you know, further away from the shore, then we may throw a popping cork towards the middle of the lake, or we're just yeah. going to sit there and beat the rest of the shorelines down. When that, when we're doing that though, we're I mean, there's a there's other signs that are telling me to be there. You know? Yeah, I mean, there's bait, there's birds, right. there's everything that's happening, but so. But with with the motor, you're saying you're getting more adventurous. I know for me, I'll cover a lot more water. No. Like, it, I, I don't have to think twice about, all right, I'm going to go check over here now. Yeah. Like, I just crank it up to 10 and I go. I'll say, man, the, the, and obviously, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm pushing Old Town now 
Uh, however, man, I was super skeptical of how that damn thing would paddle. Like, when I had to pull that motor, I was thinking, man, this is going to be like the PA. This is going to be like the PA. It's going to be a wide-ass stroke. It's going to be terrible when you have to pull the drive. This thing's going to be a barge. And I've been super surprised at how easy that damn thing paddles through this shallow stuff, even when I pull everything. Now, I will say that I probably should have went with the 132 because the the – ass end of the 120 gets blown around a lot i feel like a lot easier than i'm when i've been on your uh your 132 uh, Six, 136 or 136 sorry yeah. um the 132 is the uh the big water the big 132 water. Yeah, yeah, yeah. and just wait till you get to paddle that that you get to paddle that one that big water and you're gonna be like god this autopilot paddles like a bathtub compared to this 132 but go ahead oh yeah but but yeah, no, I was I was I was definitely pleasantly surprised by uh how easy it paddles and you know that's that's also played a played a role in how adventurous I've got. Now, I I will say I need to start practicing, you know, how we play, you know what I mean, and I need to get back in the in the pedal boat here quick. So, I should be making that happen here in the next uh next 2 weeks or so. I should have the uh the the new big water uh coming in, so uh We'll see how that goes. You're going to like it. I think you'll like it. Yeah. Because there was times when you were in the compass and I was in my big water and you were like, are you still pedaling? Yeah. Like, you, yeah. it's surprising how, how shallow versa. those PDLs go. Yeah, vice versa. You know, there's they all have their, their goods and their bads, you know what I mean? Just like you were saying something uh, to me today about the uh, one one trip with, with, with it blown out and I'm, oh yeah! I'm now you want about, like I'm thinking about motors. putting the power paddle on the on the back of the autopilot for when I go shallow, man. <laughs> you want like ten freaking motors on your kayak now? No, not not ten, but I mean, dude, that would come in so handy to have that that little rudder motor, you know. Do you, Do you feel like you're more efficient now? Uh, I mean, not necessarily. I I think I'm doing the same type of fishing. I definitely came more efficient going from the compass to the PA. Uh, and one thing I will say about the autopilot that I wish it had, and I said it since the first time I got in it, is I wish it had some sort of skeg when you want to drift on the uh, the the autopilot like the PA has. But uh, I, I I definitely think I made myself more efficient when I went to a more efficient boat, uh, I guess you would say. You know what I mean? In in the, the compass, it's like, you know, you're very limited on, on what you can bring and whatnot, and everything's real tight and packed into one area. And then you get into the, the larger footprint boats, uh, and you've got a little bit more room to, you know, spread out and all that good stuff. So you, you kind of make yourself more more efficient naturally. Maybe it's just the areas that we fished, but I just yeah. – I haven't seen you just really beating down a shoreline, like no. slow troll beating down the shoreline. And I think that is where a motorized kayak is awesome for saltwater. Like if you are fishing in water just deep enough to set your motor, like I think for me, I set my motor at a half speed or, you know, one or to a one and a half, which is like point five miles an hour if that it's not fast at all so you set yourself up if the wind is fairly light 
even if the wind's kind of heavy, you set yourself up on a quote unquote drift. Yeah. But you can go against the wind and slowly dissect a complete shoreline. Oh yeah. And in the autopilot, one thing I really like about it is you can set it straight and then you can control the rudder with your feet to change directions. Yeah. So when you're on this, you know, shoreline that you are just dissecting, you don't even have to stop casting to get everything right. right. Like you can just cast, 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 little adjustment with your feet, cast, 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 little adjustment with your feet, and you can just really, really slowly hit a whole area really, really well with very minimal effort, where if you're in a pedal drive, pedal, 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 cast, cast, cast. Because I don't know, I mean, maybe it's just me, and I don't, like, I can't rub my tummy and pat my head at the same time for an extended period of time, but, like, I'll, I'll forget that I need to be pedaling whenever I'm sitting there casting because I'm thinking about other stuff. Yeah. And I just, I can't work a shoreline as easy as I can. With that said, too, I'm quick to move to a new location with that motor because I'm just like, all right, nothing here. Yeah. And I'm gone. Whereas if I'm using my pedal drive, I'm like, eh, let me just go and hit all the way up to this point and, yeah. and try that out. You definitely got to tell yourself to you know s- slow down sometimes. Uh, you know once you, once you get the motor into play, um, and I'm I'm the same way. I, I found myself more and more, like I said, uh, I'll. I'll come into an area that I want to fish and then I'll point my I'll point my nose towards which way I want to go and I'll set that north bearing on that autopilot to that that side of the shoreline or whatever and like you say just set it on point 0.5 or something and I'll either just sit back and Cadillac cast 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 or like I say well I'll stand up and you know sight cast and and all that good stuff so it it's definitely uh changed the way that I fish um, you know, made me a little bit more more confident, a little bit more agile uh, in my fishing for sure. I, I think you guys that are listening this, to this that are bass guys, you may not understand it the same way that, that we are because you guys yeah. are usually fishing a little bit different. Like we, unless you're fishing a drain in the salt water, or you, there's a particular oyster bed that you want to hit, you're never really fishing a spot for a continued period of time. Like, you're not hitting spot lock over a brush pile and fishing it for, like, 45 minutes no. without moving the kayak. Absolutely. Where, you know, we're fan casting a little section of shoreline and if they ain't hitting in five ten minutes like we go you you're moving on so we're moving a lot more than if you're uh if you're a bass fisherman although i hear there's a a guy that wins some tournaments that just sits at one spot by oyster reef in between two lakes all day and just mm-hmm. kind of bow guards it and camping doesn't let anybody go by but that's neither here nor there but so you got the motor. So, you, you, I mean, you'll say it's changed the way that you fished a little bit. And I'm sure that, that it'll be different for some of the bass guys. It has definitely increased our range 
I think because now we're looking at spots for, you know, next year and, and different tournaments and stuff. And, I mean, some of them are like five, four-mile motor, and right. we're like, oh, we can fish those. Like, yeah. yeah, we can hit those. We can get there in an hour. Like, we can do that where if we were paddling or pedaling, we're like, me, I don't know if I want to do that. Like, yeah, it's, that's a little too far away. It's doable. It's just, man, that's a that makes for a tough day, you know. Any any more than a a mile or two from the from the launch is I mean it makes for a tough day, especially tournament day. You know your your uh, time constraints. You know, I've I've noticed too with a motor it's it's easier to check things out with the binoculars, so yeah. it's almost impossible to to look at something through binoculars oh, yeah. whenever you're pedaling. Like yeah. everything's bouncing, everything's going everywhere. Like the birds look like they're jumping that are on the shoreline. Yeah, we. I think we both learned the hard way that uh, doing it while you're in uh, uh, binoculars while you're in motion is not a good idea. No, I can do it on the <laughs> autopilot, but like I can't do it at all. I, dude. I always think I'm fixing to crash into something. I'm in the middle of a huge back lake. I'm right. like, I'm gonna hit something, but I'm not gonna hit anything. Right. Like I was watching. Samuel sleep when we went and did our, our little photo <laughs> shoot. I was like, is Sam still over there sleeping? Got Passed my binoculars out. out. I was looking at the truck, make sure nobody was messing with the trailer or anything like that. Yeah, my boy my boy Sam had him a good nap out there. Oh, man. he was out. He was out. We went and fished good for another nap. hour and a half and came back, and I had to wake him up. He's like, oh, hey, are we leaving? Yeah, oh, man, that felt good. He was out. But I, I definitely think it will extend your range on what you're comfortable with. Yeah, um, for sure. And and you can it affords you the opportunity, like you can tie lures and stuff whenever you're pedaling. But I'm always readjusting my steering and doing everything else. You yeah. get in that autopilot, you just use your feet. Yeah. You can tie. You can tie lures. I mean. You can look at the maps. I mean, you can look at the weather. You can figure everything out. So I think the motor is is a great thing there. Now, there are some negatives to the motor, though. We ain't loading that some bitch in the back of trucks very often at all. And it sucks after a long day putting 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 that heavy thing on the trailer. You say very often. I'm not loading it in the truck whatsoever because the Ever. trailer, the trailer that we trailer, use, resides at your house. house. So, uh, regardless, I'm putting that damn thing on on the trailer, whether I'm with you or not. But but they are heavy. You know, yeah. they are a little bit heavier. You're adding some weight to your kayak from the, sure. the motor, the battery, everything else. And also, that is another thing that you have to remember to take care of. Yeah, and that requires some bit of maintenance you right. you have to charge it have to check your battery your your terminals got to make sure that you got a little bit of grease on there you know you got to make sure that you're keeping it clean and out of the salt water you don't want your battery to catch fire and blow up on you right. like in the garage or anything else and the most important thing which me and you learned the first time you took out the autopilot you have to remember to get the battery off the charger in the garage yeah, right. whenever you leave. <laughs> you've you've got to remember these things. How far down the road were we? We were almost the Beltway 8, so it was about 45 minutes yeah. down the road. Dude, that was tough. That was tough turning around. Man. Before I said, hey, we got to turn around. And we were meeting somebody down there, too, which that sucks. I think we were meeting Max to, to go down there and – 
we had to turn around. So you have to remember that. And there's that extra added cost. I mean, even on sale, like the NK180 at Mariner Sales when it went on sale was $799. Plus, if you're going to get a 100-amp-hour battery, like you're going to be at least, if you don't go like cheapy Amazon, you go with some legitimate places. I think with the Z-Pro, it's $749, I believe, for the the 100-amp-hour. And I think that's that's right in line with the FPV. I mean, you're looking at the 110, I think, is $849 or $799 or something like that. Like. It's Does not, FPV it's not do that a, do a hundred or do they just do the one ten? I think they just skip, do the one ten. Right I think they the do a hundred. They may do a hundred and a one ten. Yeah. I have the one ten and I have never ran out. Yeah. And I was gonna say the the it's not even I mean, not that it's uh not good to have, but I don't think a hundred and ten is really even necessary. The hundred I, I can't kill that thing. And and this is coming from a man who Whenever we were talking about the boat and everything, he's like, I need to get two batteries just in case one one I messes up. And see, I'm like, no, no bro, no, you'll no, be no, all right no. with the 100 that, amp hour. That was a tournament thought of, you know what, we can I, can, I can push this thing on full bore and get to, you know, a, a, a spot that's five miles away. You know what I mean? And in, in the matter of, I don't know, an hour and 15 minutes, maybe. Uh, and and having some extra juice, but yeah, no the with a with a hundred amp hour lithium on a an autopilot, man, you're not gonna kill it. Like with the first time I took it out with my my Z Pro battery, I, I I said, you know what, I'm gonna I'm gonna dog this thing. You know, I'm gonna see what this thing's got. I mean, going against current, dragging everybody around all day, and then getting back in it the next day, and. Uh, same thing, you know, for a couple hours and still couldn't kill a, you know, a 100 amp hour lithium battery. Now, you're powering our live well. You're powering yeah. the autopilot now. You're powering some lights. Yep. What kind of setup do you have? And then I'm going to talk about the setup that I have. So for the uh, motor aspect, I'm, I'm running the Z-Pro 100 amp hour uh, 12 volt system. Um for the live well, I'm running the Z Pro 30 amp hour, um, and then for my lights and electronics, I'm running the Z Pro 10 amp hour uh, on the on the lights and electronics. So I've got all my lights. Uh, I have a spotlight on my boat. Um, when I had the the compass, I had the uh, <clears throat> the light actually mounted on the boat. Uh, but since going to a, a, a sponsor boat, I decided to, you know, make it make it detachable uh, for, you know, end of the year, uh, that kind of thing. Uh, getting getting something new. I'll just you know, take it off and, and put it on the new boat. And that 30 that 30 amp hour, like I already know the answer to this question, but tell the listeners, how long have we used that 30 amp hour battery on the live well on the recirculating pump before it's died? All day literally all it day. doesn't it hasn't yeah. died on us yet yeah so i mean that, that's the the live well uh battery actually came about we we were running i think for the very first tournament we were running uh just a cheap you know amazon battery that you had gotten me uh for christmas it wasn't that cheap it was a it was a well, it was it like was, a 50 it was a more 40. expensive it was 64.99 it well, was one of the more expensive lithium amazon cheap batteries deals, yeah. Yeah. yeah but um 
Anyway, so we that was were, before I discovered FPV. But go ahead. Right, right, right. Um, but yeah, we were we were running that, um, and it obviously we 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 brought backup because we knew it was probably going to die. But we wanted to, you know, it was the first run, so we wanted to see how long it was going to last. And it was it was a lithium deer feeder battery, but is what yeah, it was. It was a ten amp hour. Yeah, it was a ten amp hour. Now the quality of the cells, I you know, we can't speak for that, but. Um, Anyway, we, we ran that battery, um, and uh, it lasted, you know, until we got back to the truck. And then I think at the point that we were transferring fish and whatnot, it died, it died on us. So we, um, we had to pull my battery off of my light to put on there. Yeah, yeah. So we pulled the, the backup battery off and put it on there. And then uh, I ended up, you know, reaching out to uh, Michael over at, over at Z-Pro and just asking some questions, you know, of, you know, this is what I'm running. This is the, you know, the, the draw, you know, the, the manufacturer's uh, specs on, on what this thing draws and all that good stuff. And he answered a bunch of questions for me. And uh, we landed on, you know, the, the, the 30 amp hour battery. Um, and that thing, like I say, we can run it all day long, all the way to, to the, uh, the weigh-ins, through the weigh-ins. And it's still, you know, pumping just fine. We usually forget to turn it off, but uh I've never ran it dead. Yeah, we we've never ran what and it's a thirty amp hour. Yeah. And we've sometimes we've started it before we even had any fish in the oh, yeah. in the box. Yeah, like I, I think the first few when times, we were checking checking yeah. it, we wanted to make sure the circulating pump was gonna work. Right, right, right. Oh. And you know, I've always got my crazy ideas of, of plumbing it and, and all that good stuff. So I've always got some different innovations. <laughs> Yeah, so that I try. we'll po- we'll post some stuff on the Redfish Network. I have some uh, I have some reels that I need to post. I'm trying to put in out one a week, but there's a uh, there's a video of of the recirculating pump and everything on there, pulling a big, huge, massive stud of a redfish oh, yeah. out of that box. And Don earlier was saying like he's always scared to hook into a bull red. While he's standing up, man, that's that's the fun. That's like water skiing instead oh, yeah, of a man. sleigh ride, man. That's like water that? skiing. Don, you didn't see my video the other day, man. You uh, didn't hear. Hoo! Yeah, so, dude. That okay, was a, that was a sleigh ride. That thing was a donkey. Here, you got, guys, listen. Pro tip. Here's a pro tip. So if you're fishing near Team Turner Rodco, <laughs> anywhere near us, and you hear one of us go, we are on fish. Yep. That is that is like the bat signal yeah. that if we're far enough away from each other, like, how did we land on that? I have no idea. <laughs> I have no clue how we it just happened. how we landed on Hootie Who. It just happened. But that that's what I don't even know exactly what Master P says. Hey, Master P, holla at your boy. Sign me. He's I'm trying he's, to get a scholarship. He says something about <laughs> it's it's the something of the troops. I don't know if he says the call of the troops. I don't he says something. Somebody look it up right now on uh That part of the song I always just mumbled it. Look at I, yeah, I wasn't was sure what gonna do. do. So somebody look up the lyrics and let us know like what we're talking about here. But uh, again, if you ever hear us yelling hootie hoo then that means one of us has just caught a fish yeah. or there's tons of fish over here or we need some fish. Yeah. yeah. So come for that. E- even if you're you're going to be in Florida, we got a Florida trip coming up, man. I'm, oh, yeah. I'm extremely excited about this Florida trip. Yeah, me too, man. Me too. It's, it's going to be some different water that we've never fished. Like there's going to be 
four, five, six foot title swings. Yeah. I think that is somewhere where the motor is going to come in to play a whole, whole lot. Yeah, I, th- I think we'll be able to to hang in the shallower spots longer than the guys that are that are in a pedal drive. We're going to be able to, you know, as we say when we're out there, the old the old Minn Kota mud motor will chop it on. The Minn Kota mud motor. You hey. see, you see, just bubbles coming up behind you, or just just mud boil. It looks like we're dredging. I tell you what, man. I, I haven't personally ran one of those NKs, but just looking at the, the the prop and stuff on it, I don't know that it would hold up the way that that. We're pretty abusive to the stuff. I don't. I, I just don't know that it would chop that mud like that and and not. I don't know. Just to me, it, again, I don't. I don't know this for sure. It, I'm just speaking from the pictures that I've seen of, seen of the things. It looks a little chintzy. Ram, Ram, you're going to have to, like, rephrase your question here because I don't understand. Have y'all ever took it off the yak and ran the truck to the weigh-in with it? Are, are we talking about the, the battery? Is that what you're talking about? Are you talking about the lithium battery? Have we ever oh, yeah. t- took, no. took it off and had to we jump it? We never to jump start the truck. Has anything. that happened to you before, or, or am I missing something? Has somebody had to <laughs> use their battery to jump start their truck, their 12-volt lit? Will that even work? Ah. You're going to have to call Battery Boy. You're going to have to ask him. <laughs> I'm going to have to ask Michael. You're going to have yeah. to ask Michael, like, hey, man, can you jumpstart a truck with this 12-volt lithium? I'm sure you could. I would imagine it's probably not recommended for an extended period of time. <laughs> Ever. Uh, but I definitely wouldn't try it on my truck. Now, I mean, I I try to stay prepared enough that at least I know when we're in my truck, I at least have a – I got a jump box and, you know, a couple – couple things in there i don't know what you've got in yours but i know when we, at least when you ride with <laughs> riding with me we've got a jump box and a couple tools i got jumper cables i mean yeah. i can i can find flag somebody down to, i'm sure to help us. i'm sure that it would be okay to jump start off of a lithium however i don't know that it would be okay to throw one of those things in your truck i, I might be wrong i may be completely wrong I, I have no idea i'll have to ask michael i'm actually kind of in Ask Michael and find out, just in case we're ever in a really, I would assume, really bad situation. I I would assume they're not in the automotive world just because of the costs. I mean, I don't know. Or, or the heat, like it's hot. I don't think lithium batteries like like the heat that much either. I don't know. I know they don't like water. No, no, they don't like water. I know. uh, You know, FPV has some waterproof offerings now for that are twenty four volt uh systems for you guys if you're if you're looking to run the uh nk um or not the nk the 180 the nk is going to be a is it a 36 volt system the 300 yeah yes yeah it's a 36 volt volt. and there there will be offerings for the 36 volt now all these companies battery companies fpv z pro they have to uh they have to have some 36 volt offerings which that's a lot of battery to put in a battery box there, but it's going to be extremely efficient. From what I now I'm no mathematician here, but from what I understand, it's the same battery. It's just the internals, the same the same uh, footprint as like mm. a hundred amp hour. It's just the internals are wired up a little differently. 
I have no idea. I'm not even going to act like I know anything about batteries. I don't know nothing about batteries or battery technology. I will refer to Michael if I have any questions. <laughs> so, so Turner Rodco this year. What what are you looking for for to the most for a tournament season? Like, is there one tournament that that you're looking forward to more than any, or is there a goal that you have for our team this year that you just haven't told me about? What are you looking forward to the most? Man, I'm 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 looking really looking forward to this this Florida trip, man. I'm 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 super excited about that. Um, you know, just like you say, just fishing fishing new waters, getting out in new areas, and then the you know the competition too. You know, the wife the wife gives me gives me shit, but that's my that's my excuse to her is like it gets the the passion out. You know what I mean? It gets that old you know football drive, the old baseball drive, the old competitive. Uh, drive back out of you so that you know that's what excites me the most is you know and I don't know that necessarily the the field is going to be uh that elite however you know if you want to if you want to prove yourself you know what I mean you can't do it at home you know what I mean well I, I think that's part of the reason why Pat this year was going with the you got to pay for all three tournaments up front yeah. Is he wants the the guys that are in it that yeah. are committed to it. They're only, I only mean, taking twenty five. That's a bold move. Well, I mean, you you say that it's not gonna be that elite, but there's gonna be some sticks. Oh no, no. Especially I, from like Louisiana, who's I know they're like six hours guys, closer. I know there's a couple of guys that I I followed it a little bit and I think they're from like Mississippi or something. Mm -hmm. Uh, that that fish a lot of them, and there's some good sticks. I know that there's going to be some good some some good sticks, but I also know you know it does take a lot of commitment, right? So you know how many of those good sticks are going to be able to travel and put up put together all the pieces of the puzzle? You know what I mean? Who's who, who's going to be able to do it? That's that's the most exciting part about it to me is doing something new and and trying to trying to figure out how to put together that puzzle, and hopefully we'll be able to you know make it up on the podium. I just think that it's going to be. It's going to be very interesting because fishing in Florida is going to be completely different oh, yeah. than fishing in Louisiana, yeah. which is going to be completely different than when we fish here in Texas. Man. And I, I, think, I think there's a lot of guys that have such good fishing in their area that they don't travel a whole lot for redfish. Like the Louisiana guys – Fish Louisiana because the fishing is so good in Louisiana. Mm -hmm. Texas guys fish from Corpus to Sabine because the fishing is really good from Corpus to Sabine. Now, the Florida guys, I won't say that the fishing is probably – it's nowhere close to the numbers and size of the fish in Louisiana and Texas – but it's a completely different type of fishing yeah. and the scenery and how far you actually have to travel from some of the big cities to to get to some great fisheries is a little bit different. So it's going to be very interesting, I think, for us and a challenge for us because yeah. it's going to be three completely different types of fisheries. And the Louisiana guys are going to be sticks in Louisiana. Oh, yeah, is that going to translate to Florida? Florida guys are going to be sticks in Florida. Is that going to translate to Texas? 
you know, Texas guys are going to be sticks in Texas. Is that going to translate to anywhere else? Yeah. So that's what I'm really interested so to see. The Louisiana guys are going to have the upper hand, though, because the, uh, the championship's Louisiana. That's okay. Got to make it to championship. Yeah, yeah. I mean, correct me if I'm wrong. I, you've, you've done more fishing in Louisiana than me. Is it not pretty similar? Is is the the marshes and whatnot and 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 what we're going after and the signs that we're looking for I feel like are going to be pretty similar depending on where the tournament ends up I don't know if it, is it going to be you know New Orleans is it going to be you Terrebonne know, yeah is it going to be closer to like Lake Charles area you know I don't necessarily know exactly where it's going to be that's still to be determined uh, but it's just the vastness. Like, yeah. there's a lot of marsh in Louisiana fish. Yeah, yeah, yeah. A lot, a lot more marsh. Like, it's all marsh without the barrier islands. You get more right. bull reds in that area. So, I actually think that if we find a good location to fish, it may be harder to find slot fish than it can be, you know, find smaller, sl- I mean, upper slot fish. We may be in upper slots, overs the whole time. Like, we may be in overs the whole time. Possibly. If we can find a good place to fish. Possibly. I mean, I'd rather sort through overs than be sorting through a bunch of dinks. So, you know. Yeah, our our man Rob says, I can vouch for that. I fished the East Coast back in the days and was totally lost when I started fishing in Texas. Yeah. So, I mean, that's I think that's why I'm looking forward to fishing this Florida Elite Series Um the most as far as excitement, but I'm looking forward to being on the podium more this year with GRS. Like oh, for yeah, the Elite sure. Series, if we do well in Florida and Louisiana, I'll be really excited. But I want to be on the podium for GRS. For sure. Like, Four events, I want to be on the podium for at least three. For sure. Like, we, if we're not top five in those, I'm yeah. going to be disappointed for this year. We had a rookie, a rocky start last year. I, I think that my opinion here, correct me if I'm wrong, I don't think you were 100, 100% committed at the beginning. You still had the bass bug at that point. At the beginning of last season, you, you still had that I didn't bass pre-fish, bug. I didn't pre-fish as much. Yeah, but, like, so – and it kind of pissed me off a little bit, to be perfectly honest. But that first tournament, you were like, oh, I can't, da 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 you know. I ended up getting Nick to fish with mm-hmm. me as, as the alternate. And then later on that day, I get done fishing, and I message you, and you're like, oh, yeah, I know I'm at the house. And I'm like, well, dude, I thought you couldn't fish. Like, you know, are you I really couldn't fish that day. Are you committed or not? No, I just I couldn't fish that tournament. I knew I couldn't fish that tournament. You could have fished that tournament, though. No, we it had worked something out. going on. No, it worked out. It worked out to where you could have, but you still didn't. I don't remember. I'll have to go back it and was, look at our messages I don't and see remember what, what was going was. on. It was something to do with Wesley. You had something to do with Wesley, and then that got canceled, uh, like, Friday. Or maybe Thursday, so it was like two days before. I don't know if see. I wasn't mentally prepared to. Fish. That's what I'm saying. I I don't think I, I don't think it was that you weren't mis- mentally prepared for to fish. I think you had that bass bug at the, at the beginning of the last season because right before the season started, that's when you, you guys were you were doing your whole little YouTube series on 
bassing and stuff. But I, I texted you the other day too. I'm starting to get the yeah, bass. Yeah, I know. Buggy That's in. why I'm I brought like, it up. Ah, That's I why I brought it up. Again. Here we are. Here we are, full circle the following year, and you're going to get this bass bug no, again. No, because. I get it, though, man. We're so close, dude. It's uh, it's dumb why we don't. But, I mean, GRS, is it, it doesn't really kick off for event one until April 15th. Right. So we still got a month and a half until until it's really time to kick off. Uh, we are going to – I'm going to try to do the hourly tournament. I know you're doing some of the Saltwater Survival Series tournaments. Yeah. Redfish Series for that is March 18th. Trout is July 22nd. Flounder, October 7th. And then the Heroes on the Water Tournament, which is usually a team tournament that we fish. Um, that's going to be in November. Guys, if you are interested in fishing any of these tournaments, head on over to the Redfish Network. I've got a post there with – there's a whole bunch. I think there's like eight different tournament series that I've posted on there from Florida all the way down to Texas. Share it with your friends. Look in there. Sign up. If you only have to pick one series, though, and you are around the Galveston area, Galveston Redfish Series is, is the best tournament in Texas. I'll say it. I'll say it. It's the best, best tournament series in Texas. If you want your ass kicked, come on down. Come on, we need some we need some more <laughs> entries this year. We had good good entries last year. It was fun. Um I love fishing, yeah. you know, saltwater survival series, but they have the trout tournament, the flounder tournament, like it, it's a different type. Yeah. But GRS man, it's it's go. It, it it mean four events like Hunter is getting some big sponsors this year. Um so I I'm I'm ready for that. I'm ready to go. Only thing is, he's not allowing motors this year, so you got to have some pedal power or some paddle power. Come on, Hunter. Um, next year, next year. Come on, man. Sam Dude. wants to know what the fees are. Uh, they changed the fee schedule this year. I'm not a hundred percent how much per team. Um, I can look that up in just a minute and let you know. Or if someone else that's listening wants to look that up and. Posted up. I mean, I see you guys aren't following directions pretty w- very well. Nobody <laughs> told me what he says. Master P says after he says hoo hoo, that's a whole hundred hoot. Like I don't, I don't know what he says. I think it's like three hundred. I think. I, I don't know. I, I want to say it went up this year. Maybe four hundred a team. No. Plus a hundred big fish. It was only one fifty last year. Okay, maybe it is three hundred. Yeah, I think three hundred a team. But it's it's. They have the best trophies, I think. I think oh, those, yeah. the uh, aluminum trophies. Those aluminum trophies are pretty sweet. Those are those are. I've seen the guys sweet. that were making them at the, uh, the uh, at the fishing the, show, the boat show. Oh, the boat show! The I'm boat sure show. they'll be at the they're fishing right. show too. Yeah, they had some pretty cool stuff. Well, man, you got anything else you want to talk about when it comes to motors? Nothing I can think of, man. If if you're thinking about getting a motor, quit thinking about it and just go go get it. Right. Go get it, use it, see if you like it, see you know, see if it changes the way you fish. For me, it did. For my brother, it has. But we still got to remember what has helped us catch fish. The, the motor is not going to help you. Well, it may help you catch fish because it may put you in a good spot. But it's not going to be an end-all, be-all. Like, just because you buy a motor doesn't mean you're going to automatically go catch more fish because it's going to change the way you fish a little bit. Hit the button. I'll, I'll give him a pro tip. Pro you, tip. You need you need three things to win a tournament. 
You need a pack of Berkeley Fusion 19 Weedless Jig Heads. Yes. Check. A tub of Berkeley Gulp Shrimp and a tub of Berkeley Gulp Paddle Tails. That's all you need, man. Pro tip. And a Xenon. A Xenon helps. And a Xenon. A Xenon helps. Yep, yep. Those those three things. That's all you need. That's that's all we needed that day. That's all I ever need. So that's all I throw. <laughs> well, before we get out of here, anybody else you want to thank? Anybody that you're working with now that you're on scholarship? Oh man, <laughs> uh, FTU. Uh, like I say, I'll, I'll be down at the fishing show Thursday and Friday. Um, unfortunately, I won't be able to work the weekend. I've got a home show. So um, if you want to. If anybody out there is looking for their, uh, a home to be built or a barn dominium or anything like that, uh, come see me at the uh, the Conroe. I think it's the Home and Garden Show. Uh, I'll be set up out there. But uh, anyway, my 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 fishing back back to the fishing. Um, Zipro Lithium, uh, FTU, uh, Pure Fishing, um, Berkeley Berkeley Golf Man. That's all I gotta say. You you want to you want to win some money. Uh, Tie on, tie on the Berkeley Gulps, and, and you're good to go, bro. Well, talk, you, you said come see you at the Conroe. For, what's the name of your company, man? If you need a barn, though, who do we look up? Southern Lux Home Innovations. Uh, Pro tip. There you go. Hey, it's on our tournament jerseys this year. Yeah, yeah. It'll be real big on the back of mine. I, I put it on the front of mine, too. Yeah. I put it on the front of mine. I was like, I was going to put two Paddler's Playbooks, and I was like, man, no, I don't need it. That's that's. That's selfish. We're already taking your truck. That's selfish, Florida. So I put so the you can advertise that. So I put <laughs> so I put the I put the Southern Lux on the front of my jersey this year. Um, Is the check going to be in the way? No. Yeah, you got to put it in a place where the check ain't going to be in the well, way. Well, we're going to have to hold cash that check, player. We're going to have to hold it out like puppets so everybody can yeah, see right? everything on our jerseys if, if if we make the po- when we make the podium this year. Podium. I got chastised last year for saying I thought we were going to be like top 3 in the tournament that we ended up winning. So when we make the podium, when but anyways, we're going to get out of here, guys. Thank you for listening to the Paddler's Playbook. I will be coming to you again next week. Chris, thank you for joining me tonight on short notice because sure. of my issues with my soundboard. But, guys, pro, bro staff, love you guys. See you later. Peace. Later.